cone-shaped HIV-1 capsids are transported through intact nuclear pores. An article by Wojciech Zieler, Martin Beck and others from University of Heidelberg, Germany. Cell 2021 Summary Human immunodeficiency virus HIV-1 remains a major health threat. Viral capsid uncoating and unclear input of the viral genome are critical for productive infection. The size of the HIV-1 capsid is generally believed to exceed the diameter of the nuclear pore complex MPC, indicating that capsid uncoating had a core prior to nuclear input. Here we combined correlative light and electron microscopy with subtopogram averaging to capture the structure status of reverse transcription competent HIV complexes in infected T cells. We demonstrated that the diameter of the NPC nuclear pore complex in cellulose is sufficient for the input of apparently intact cone-shaped capsids. Subsequent to nuclear input, we detected disrupted and empty capsid fragments indicating the uncoating of the replication complex occurs by breaking the capsid open and not by disassembly into individual subunits. Our data directly visualized the key step in HIV-1 replication and enhance our mechanistic understanding of the viral life cycle. Introduction. Human immunodeficiency virus type 1, HIV-1, is a lentivirus that infects non-dividing cells. The primary targets of HIV-1 in vivo are immune cells, including CD4 plus T, lymphocytes and macrophages. HIV-1 enters the cells by infusion of the viral envelope with the cell membrane which leads to release of the viral capsid into the cytosol. The mature HIV-1 capsid is a cone-shaped structure of circa 120 by 60 nanometer with fullerene geometry. It is composed of 1200 to 1500 copies of the viral capsid CA, protein that assemble into a lattice of circa 250 CA hexamers, viral capsids, hexamers. Five and seven CA parenthamers incorporated at the narrow and broad end of the cone, respectively, close the capsid and induce the characteristic curvature. The capsid shell encases two copies of genomic single stranded RNA associated with a condensed ribonucleoprotein RMP complex with a nucleocapsid NC protein. The replication enzymes reverse transcriptase RT and integrase IN, as well as other components. Following cytosolic entry, the viral replication complex undergoes reverse transcription of the RNA genome into double-stranded DNA and transport into the nucleus, where the viral genome integrates into the of the whole cell. Reverse transcription and integration are mediated by poorly characterized subviral complexes 
with unknown morphology termed reverse transcription complexes, RTC, and pre-integration complexes, PIC, respectively. The fact that reverse transcription and integration are rare events in an infected cell and the transient nature of these processes precluded a detailed biochemical and structural characterization of RTC, reverse transcription complexes, and PIC so far. Initially, the viral capsid was assumed to rapidly disassemble up an entry into the cytosol, but more recent evidence indicated the incoming capsids remain insects at least through the initial stages of reverse transcription. The capsid structure has been suggested to play a crucial role during early replication, including intracellular trafficking, protection of RTCPIC against innate immune sensing, and import of the genome into the nucleus. The transport of the HIV retrotranscriptase PIC towards the nucleus relies on microtubules, MT and requires the association of capsid with dinane and kinesine-1 motors mediated by microtubules-associated adapter proteins. Perinuclear movements and docking of subviral complexes to the nuclear envelope might be mediated by the actin cytoskeleton, but also the relocation of NUP358RIN BP2 from the nucleopore complex NPC to cytosolic capsid maintained by kinesine-1 was observed to precede nuclear import of HIV-1-PIC. Nuclear import of the pre-integration complex integration of HIV-1 genomic DNA into the host genome are interconnected processes. They are essential for productive HIV-1 infection, but also for the establishment of the HIV-1 latent reservoir, a silent pool of replication-competent proviruses persisting in resting CD4 plus T cells and resistant to antiviral therapy ART. Active nuclear import of the pre-integration complexes is facilitated by nuclear localization signal NLS in the cyclophilin ACYPA binding loop of capsids that is recognized by the nuclear transport receptor transporting several nucleoporins NUP, most notably the FG repeat containing NUP358 and NUP153 were also reported to facilitate nuclear entry of HIV-1. Although NUP358 may mediate docking of the complex to the cytoplasmic phase of the nucleopore complex, it remains unclear how HIV-1 complexes across the centrist channel. Once viral complexes have reached the nuclear basket, they can interact with NUP153 via a hydrophobic pocket on capsid hexamers to promote the final step of pro-integration complexes translocation. The nuclear protein cleavage and polydenylation specificity factor 6 
CPS F6 was suggested to complete with NUP153 for the common binding site on capsid, resulting in the release of the pre-integration complexes into the nucleus. Importantly, however, the HIV-1 capsid is circa 16 nanometer wide and the broad end of the cone, which considerably exceeds the inner diameter of NPC, as seen in cryo-electromicroscopy cryo-EM structures obtained from isolated nuclear envelopes, which is only circa 40 nanometer. Although this discrepancy in size suggests that the pre-integration complexes cannot pass the central channel without breaking the capsid lattice. Recent structure analysis in intact cells indicated that nuclear pore complex may occur in, in a dilated conformation under certain circumstances. However, the nuclear pore complex structure has never been studied in the relevant cell types under conditions of HIV-1 infection. Thus, the physiological relevance of the latter observation of HIV-1 nucleopore remains unknown. At least a partial dissociation of the HIV-1 capsid lattice and coating is a prerequisite for the release of the pre-integration complexes prior to genome integration but the timing, cell location and extent of specific encoding are still not clear and might be cell type specific. Several models have been put forward including gradual encoding with concomitant reverse transcription during cytosolic trafficking, reverse transcription within largely intact capsids followed by their encoding of nuclear pore complex or several specially separated encoding steps that are finalized only in the nucleus. Recent data indicate that HIV-1 nuclear import precedes the completion of reverse transcription. Tracking experiments of individual HIV-1 complexes by fluorescent microscopy in living cells supported capsid encoding with the cytosol at the nuclear pore complex or inside the nucleus, and variable amounts of capsids have been detected on nuclear HIV-1 pre-integration complexes in different cell types. However, whether the latter structure remains intact in these complexes or alternatively capsids remains associated with RTC retrotranscriptase pre-integration complexes despite lattice disassembly remains unknown. To address these questions, we employ 3D correlative fluorescence light and electron microscopy, CLEM, cryo-electron tomography, cryo-ET, and subtomogram averaging to examine the ultrastructure of early HIV-1 replication complexes during cytosolic transport and nuclear input and infected human CD4 plus T-cell line. Results An experimental system for the ultrastructure analysis of HIV-1 post-entry complexes. Chemical fixation is commonly used to inactivate infectious particles 
However, it negatively affects the structure preservation of the sample. In order to study the ultrastructure of early HIV replication complexes in cryomobilized infected cells at biosafety level 1, we constructed an HIV-1 expression plasmid, an NHIV, for production of the non-infectious RT-competent HIV-1 derivative, an NHIV. Two point mutations were introduced in the IN active site to prevent integration of the proviral genome. Furthermore, the viral accessory protein TAT was truncated in order to block transactivation of HIV-1 transcription. Digital droplet PCR confirmed the NNHIV reverse transcription kinetics in infected sub T1R5 cells was similar to the previously reported for wild-type HIV-1. Later, retrotranscriptase products GAG of NNHIV were detected from 3 hours post-infection onward and peaked at 12 hours post-infection, with the majority of late retrotranscriptase products synthesized between 3 and 6 hours post-infection. While parental virus showed a minor increase up to 48 hour post-infection. This is consistent with our previous findings. NNHIV 2LTR, long-term repeat cycles, a surrogate for replication complexes transported into the nucleus, were detected from 6 hour post-infection onward. The strong accumulation of 2LTR cycles in NNHIV infected cells compared to those infected with the wild-type virus was indicative of the block in NNHIV genome integration. No specific DDPCR products were detected upon NNHIV infection in the presence of the nucleoside RT retrotranscriptase inhibitor efavirenz EFA. We conclude the NNHIV undergoes reverse transcription and nuclear import with dynamics similar to wild-type HIV-1. We recently established a fluorescence microscopy approach to discriminate post-fusion HIV-1 complexes and decide solved from intact variants, either the plasma membrane or inside endosomes. Sub-T1R5 cells were infected with HIV-1 particles carrying fluorescently labelled IN as a marker for the HIV-1 core and stained with the fluorescently tagged endocyte probe M-Cling to label the plasma membrane and endosomes. IN positive objects within the cell that lacked the M-Cling membrane marker were defined as cytosolic HIV-1 post-fusion complexes. To optimize this approach for electron microscopy EM studies, optimal preservation of both fluorescent signals throughout the sample preparation for ultrastructure analysis was obtained by using a combination of MCLING ATO 647N and IN fused to MScarlet. Control experiments confirmed the incorporation of exogenously expressed INM scarlet did not have a major effect on viral infectivity, similar to what had been observed for IN EGFP 
under similar conditions. We next established a workflow for the identification of HIV-1 post-entry complexes using fiducial base on section CLEM in combination with electron tomography and NHIV particles carrying INM scarlet were adhered to sub-1TR5 cells for 90 minutes at 16 degrees Celsius. The lower temperature prevents both HIV-1 membrane fusion and endocytosis. The plasma membrane was stained with M-Kling at 647N for an additional 10 minutes at 16 degrees Celsius and samples were then shifted to 37 degrees Celsius to initiate virus entry. To maximize cytosolic entry events, we incubated cells at 37 degrees Celsius for 90 minutes. Infected cells were then subjected to high-pressure freezing HPF and free substitution. Spinning this confocal microscopy SDCM of 250 nm thick resin sections revealed bright fluorescence of both probes in a plasma membrane and in exosomes. As expected, we detected M-Kling negative I and M-Scarlet foci in the cell interior, which were indicative of post-fusion complexes. Such foci identified in electron microscopy sections of cells were selected as regions of interest. ROI for correlative ET imaging. Tomograms obtained from region of interest reveal the presence of dense canonical structures within the cytosol, visually distinct of the dense cellular background. Cone-shaped HIV-1 capsids dock to the NPC. To examine NNHIV post-entry and NPC docking events, sub-T1R5 cells infected and stained as described above were high pressure frozen at 3-hour post-temperature shift. We acquired tomograms in a total of 45 positions of correlated region of interests from two independent experiments. From these data set, we identified 26 structures completely covered in electron microscopy sections that resembled intact HIV-1 capsids in the cytosol or adjacent to nucleopores. Overall, their morphology closely matched that of major capsids within HIV-1 variants, including an accumulation of dense material within the shell indicating the presence of condensed RMP or reverse transcription intermediates. The majority of structures were cone-shaped with an average length of 112 plus minus 12 nanometer and average width of 53 plus minus 7 nanometer. Similar to the dimensions determined for major HIV-1 capsids by cryo-electron tomography. More structures were found associated with non-microtubules, including those in the close proximity of nuclear pore complexes. Two of the docking capsids were oriented perpendicular to the nuclear pore complex with their narrow and pointing toward to the central channel. We found that 75% of nuclear pore complexes with approximate capsids 
were also associated with microtubules, whereas only circa 40% of nuclear pore complex without apparent capsids were associated with microtubules. The average distance of capsids to microtubules was 19 plus minus 12 nanometer, which is consistent with the connecting distance of DNA as well as kinensin 1. Together, these data indicate apparently intact HIV-1 capsids associated to microtubules stuck to the nucleopore complex in infected T-cells. HIV-1 capsid morphology is altered in the nucleoplasm. In addition to cytosolic structures described under above conditions, we also detected leveled complexes inside of nuclei. A total of 11 individual structures, as well as four structures in close proximity to each other, were identified by electron tomography in sections of eight different cells. Their morphology clearly differed from the structures observed in the cytosol. Most of the nuclear structures appeared to be open, and their interior was devoid of sense material. With notable exceptions, this may suggest separation of the nucleoprotein complex from the broken capsid shell. This was further underscored by quantitative image analysis comparing the density of the capsid interior to its surroundings. The majority of visualized shells were fragments or had a tubular shape, but cone-like remnants were also observed. Cone-shaped HIV-1 capsids can enter the central channel of the nucleopore complex. The data described above revealed the HIV-1 capsids underwent a structure change on the way from the cytoplasmic nucleopore complex docking site to the nucleoplasm, but did not allow to pinpoint the exact stage or site where this change occurred. In order to characterize the ultrastructure of HIV-1 complexes during nuclear input, we performed CLEM and cryo-EET analysis and the conditions then reach for viral complexes and nuclear pores. For this, we employed an NNHIV derivative carrying a mutation in capsids, previously reported to prevent interaction with CPSF6. Impairing CA-CPSF6 interaction results in steady-state accumulation of pre-integration complexes at nuclear pores without a major factum virus infectivity in monocyte-derived macrophages or sub-T1R5 T-cells. Sub-T1R5 cells were incubated with A77B and NHIV particles carrying INM scarlet. After low temperature absorption and M-cling staining, cells were incubated for 15 hours at 37 degrees Celsius to allow for accumulation of viral complexes at nuclear pore complex. Prior to high pressure freezing, tomograms of intercellular region of interest from seven different cell sections revealed canonical capsids in the cytosol or associated with nuclear pores.
stringingly, several cone-shaped A77B capsids were visualized deep inside the nuclear pore complex central channel, exposing the narrow ends to the nucleoplasm. These capsids contain dense material inside, presumably corresponding to a viral nucleoprotein complex. To investigate viral complexes in the process of nuclear entry at the best possible structure preservation, we used focused ion beam FIB mining to prepare thin cryolamine of infected cells. Because cryolite microscopy of these lamellae turns out to be very challenging, we chose a brute force approach and acquired ca. 250 tomograms of nuclear envelopes observed in cryolamellae. The resulting reconstructions contained ca. 100 nucleopore complexes and four structures that resemble the viral complexes observed in the CLEM electron tomography datasets were detected in close proximity of or within a nuclear pore complex. These structures displayed the typical canonical shape and size. Inside, they contained high dense material. The cone-shaped capsid entered into and penetrated with its narrow ambient the central channel of the nuclear pore complex. The tip of the cone reached to the level of the nuclear ring, the region where NUP153 residues. In tomographic slices at the level of the nuclear pore complex central channel, the individual spokes of the inner ring were resolved and comfortably accommodated the capsid in between them. To address whether the capsid-like structures in the cytosol and at the nuclear pore complex contained a hexagonal lattice compared to that of major HIV-1 cores in intact virions, we use subtomogram averaging as previously described. During iterative averaging, the subtomograms covered interregular hexameric lattices in which six adjacent capsids hexamers surround one central capsid hexamer in a regular fashion. In comparison to previous data obtained from isolated virions, lattice information was recovered for less of the capsid surface. This finding might be interpreted as a partial perturbation of the hexagonal lattice. However, the clearly defined capsid edge and the well-preserved overall cone shape visible in the tomogram suggest that rather technical parameters such as the reduced signal-to-noise ratio due to spacement thickness of the FIB lamellae and the crowded cell environment have resulted in an incomplete lattice recovery during subtomogram averaging. We conclude that cone-shaped HIV-1 capsids containing the genomic material with an either completely or larger intact lattice can enter the central channel of nucleopore complex. HIV-1 capsids are disrupted upon nuclear entry. We next examined subviral complexes that had passed the central channel of the nucleopore complex. Previous studies revealed that in the absence of CPSF6 binding, virus infectivity is retained in non-dividing cells. Upon depletion of CPSF6, Reintegration complexes are targeted 
to transcriptionally repressed lemon-associated heterochromatin. At the same time, the perturbation of CPSF6 binding to the capsid hexamer by either the A77V mutation or CPSF6 depletion resulted in partial co-localization of capsid with the basket nucleoporin NUP153, suggesting that viral complexes may reach the nucleoplasm and be retained close to the nuclear basket. Here, we identified A77V HIV1 complexes in close proximity of nucleopore complexes by both plastic embedding CLEM electron tomography and cryo-electron tomography analysis, suggesting that they are still engaged in interactions with the nucleopore. The respective structures identified by CLEM in tomograms of plastic sections appeared morphologically altered, as observed for Y-type complexes inside the nucleus. Most of the visualized structures had lost their cone shape, appeared partially open and were devoid to dense material presumed to correspond to the viral genome. We next examined our large-scale cryo-electron tomography dataset for nuclear structures. Segmentation and quantification of the tomograms identified two tube-shaped structures and three fragments that visually resembled the CLEM data. Four of these had only circa one-third of the surface area compared to the canonical capsids. Subtomogram averaging of these four rather small particles identified only few positions, with high cross-correlation with capsids, hexama that did not convert into an overall hexagonal lattice. The remaining particle was also tube-shaped, but considerably larger and contained some dense material inside. Subtomogram averaging of its tubular core identified lattice elements, however, only 27 capsid hexamers on the surface properly converged, much less than what was detected on the cytoplasmic structures, possibly suggesting higher disorder of the lattice architecture. Taken together, this data suggests that caspid disassembly should not be conceived as immediate dissolution of the lattice into individual subunits of the nuclear entry, but rather as partial distribution of the capsid that allows for the release and dissociation of the viral genome from capsid remains, possibly due to mechanical strain. These findings support a model in which disruption of the capsid lattice occurs subsequent to translocation through or upper departure from the central channel of the nucleopore complex. To confirm our observations independently of the A77 mutation, we infected sub-T1R5 cells with NNHIV and the conditions of CPSF6 silencing. For this, we transduced cells with adeno-associated virus vectors expressing a combination of three short hairpin RNAs targeting CPSF6 or a non-silencing short hairpin RNA. 
CPSF6 immunofluorescence intensities quantitated by flow cytometry revealed efficient downregulation of CPSF6, whereas cell viability was not impaired. The observed intracellular localization, the efficiency of nuclear input, and the infectivity of HIV-1 upon CPSF6 knockdown in sub-T1R5 cells were comparable to that of the A77V mutant without knockdown. For CELM, adenoassociated viruses transduced cells were infected with wild-type capsid-carrying NNHIV for 15 hours prior to high-pressure freezing. Electron tomography in proximity to the nuclear envelope revealed capsids docking to nucleopore capsids, similar to the results obtained for the A77V mutant cone-shaped capsid penetrating the nucleopore capsid channel and empty capsid-like structures at the nuclear basket were observed. This data reinforced the notion that HIV-1 capsids do not disassemble into individual subunits, but rather are disrupted after passage through the nucleopore complex, releasing the pre-integration complexes from a morphologically altered residual capsid structure. The nucleopore complex diameter is sufficient for nuclear input of intact capsids. The central channel diameter of the human nucleopore complex was reported to be circa 40 nanometer, which is sufficiently wide to allow transport of basically any large cellular cargo, but too narrow to allow passage of intact HIV-1 capsids. However, the data described above revealed that largely intact HIV-1 capsids can penetrate into and pass through the nucleopore complex central channel. This observation prompted us to revisit the architecture of the human nucleopore complex in cellu and the conditions relevant to infection. Previous structural analysis were performed using nuclear envelopes purified for human cells in which mechanical tension is revealed due to sample preparation. In order to analyze the architecture of nucleopore complex in HIV-1-infected T-cells in situ, we extracted 99 nucleopore complexes and 792 asymmetric units from our cryo-electron tomograms and subjected them to subtomogram averaging. The resulting cryo-EM electron microscopy map with a resolution of circa 37 Armstrong captures the native confirmation of actively transporting nucleopore complexes in HIV-1 infected cells. However, in line with other studies conducted in intact human cells, the nucleopore complexes appear dilated in comparison to isolated nuclear envelopes and displayed an average diameter of circa 64 nanometer. To address if HIV-1 infection may promote nucleopore complex dilatation, we collected cryo-EM tomograms of non-infected sub-T1R5 cells and measured the diameter of 39 nucleopore complexes. We found that the nucleopore complexes dilated to similar diameters in non-infected T-cells. 
Taken together, our findings indicate that the nucleopore complex structure observed under relevant conditions, namely in infected and non-infected T-cells in situ, is representative of the transporting state, whereas the constricted state observed in isolated nuclear envelopes may be more relevant to stress conditions. In conclusion, our data show that the inner diameter of the central channel exceeds the dimensions of the broad and of intact HIV-1 capsids by circa 4 to 9 nanometer, rendering the nuclear entry of intact capsids geometrically possible. Discussion Taken together, our data point to the scenario schematically outlined in Figure 7. Following cytosolic entry, intact cone-shaped HIV-1 capsids travel along microtubules to the nuclear periphery. The subsequent nuclear input of capsids is restaged. 1. Intact capsids dock to nuclear pore complexes with the pentamer reach ends of the capsid, preferably the narrow end. Here, they encounter the FG repeats and CAYP domain of NUP358 bound to the cytoplasmic phase of nuclear pore complexes. 2. Subsequent intact capsids penetrate deeply into the central channel of the nuclear pore complex, where they are exposed to a very high local concentration of FG NUPs of the NUP62 complex. Although this environment is spatially confined, the diameter of the nuclear pore complex central channel, as determined in cellul, is physically compatible with translocation of the intact HIV-1 capsid. Up to this stage, the hexagonal lattice and the typical shape of HIV-1 capsids are clearly detectable. 3. Upon departure from the nuclear pore complex central channel, Capsids encounter NUP153 and CPSF6. At this stage, we can still be conceived as part of the actual nuclear pore process. Disrupted capsids are detected. The cone shape is lost in many particles, and smaller capsid fragments are observed. These structures lack the interior dense material, i.e., the pre-integration complexes has been released for integration in the host genome. Although the role of microtubule-dependent transport in HIV-1 post-entry transport is well documented, the frequency of microtubules closely associated with intact HIV-1 capsids in direct proximity of nuclear pore capsids was shrinking. The observed distance of viral capsids to the nearby microtubules are consistent with the known geometry of denaine and kinesine 1 motor complexes and their reported role in HIV-1 transport to the nucleus. These observations may also be related to cytosolic microtubules associated NUP358 in addition to nuclear pore complexes associated NUP358 acting as a docking station for the capsid as discussed above. NUP358 was previously suggested to relocate from nucleopore complexes into the cytosol to recruit 
pre-integration complexes for nuclear input by recruiting capsids with kinesine 1 onto microtubules. During orogenesis, NUP358 condenses into granules that are actively transported along microtubules, whereas in somatic cells, its BICD2 binding domain mediates the association with microtubules and fulfills a role in nuclear positioning. It remains to be studied whether these functions are potentially hijacked by the virus in order to utilize microtubules as platform for the delivery of HIV-1 capsids directly to the docking position at the nucleopore complexes. Actin filaments were suggested to participate in the pre-nuclear movement of subviral complexes. We did not observe any structures suggestive of actin, neither bundles nor individual filaments in the close proximity to viral capsids in our cryo-electron tomograms. Because of a size mismatch of reported structures of the nucleopore complex central channel and the HIV-1 capsid, it was assumed the HIV-1 capsids need to disassemble prior to nuclear input or alternatively, nucleopore complexes are remodeled to promote nuclear entry. Here we demonstrate that neither needs to be the case because the native nucleopore complex conformation is non-infected and infected sub-T1R5 cells allows for the passage of intact capsids. The overall nucleopore complex architecture revealed in our analysis was not fundamentally altered, but rather dilated as compared to previous analysis of isolated nuclear envelopes that showed nucleopore complexes in a more constricted conformation. Although we cannot formally exclude that some HIV-1 particles undergo uncoating before nuclear import or during nucleopore complex translocation, our data argue against it. The vast majority of CLEM region of interest analyzed in the cytosol comprise capsids containing dense material whereas empty, tube-shaped or perturbed capsids were mainly detected in the nucleoplasm. Most importantly, the cryo-ET electron tomography data presented here clearly demonstrate that intact capsids are capable of penetrating the central channel of nucleopore complexes. Although a few HIV-1 complexes at the nuclear basket of nucleopore complexes or within the nucleus still appeared conical, the majority of the identified nuclear complexes were morphologically altered and lacked interior dense material. The remnant structures detected suggest that capsid lattices are not entirely disassembled upon nuclear entry, but rather disrupted. In our CLEM experiments, IN fluorescence was observed also for disrupted capsids, emphasizing that least part of the INM scarlet proteins must stay associated with or proximate to the broken capsid at this stage. This is in line with our recent observation indicating that viral cDNA separates from the bulk of IN fused to fluorescent protein after encoding, and the IN fusion protein remains associated with viral capsid remnants. 
Opening the canonical capsid potential relief strain imposed by capsid pantamers and may also be triggered by completion of reverse transcription, subsequently releasing the viral genomic cDNA. This interpretation of our observations is consistent with the finding that blockage of the nucleopore prevents completion of reverse transcription, and the concept that the generation of double-stranded DNA within the capsid may impose mechanical strain from the inside. This concept is in line with the results of a very recent in vitro study of endogenous reverse transcription within purified HIV-1 capsids. These authors observed partially broken HIV-1 capsids with polynucleotide loops emanating from the capsid lattice when cDNA synthesis was largely completed. On a speculative note, our observations may explain the canonical shape of HIV-1 capsids. The role of capsid pentamers in defining capsid curvature and closure of the shell encasing the viral genome is well established. Beyond that, the pentamers localized toward the ends of the cone might also guide the perpendicular orientation of HIV-1 capsids with respect to nucleopore complexes during docking, and it might be hypothesized the preferential binding of the narrow ends to the nucleopore complex is mediated by the stronger enrichment of pentamers in this area of the cone. In a recent report, the authors established an in vitro system of self-assembled capsid N21C-A22C spheres which adopted the same pentamehexama and hexamehexama interaction interfaces and found in the highly curved end of the HIV-1 capsids. They showed that CYPA binds to those regions with the highest stoichiometry than to the tubular hexamic lattice and hypothesized that capsid pentamers might represent specialized binding sites that are recognized by cyclophilin domains contained in host proteins, such as CYPA and NUP358, while binding of CYPA to the capsid had rather an inhibitory effect on HIV-1 infection and nuclear import. The NUP358 capsid interaction at the cytoplasmic phase of the nuclear pore complex and potentially on microtubules is crucial for nuclear input of HIV-1 pre-integration complexes. Our data are consistent with a model in which the interaction of the narrow end of the HIV-1 capsid with the cyclophilin domain of NUP358 facilitates a caspid orientation that is advantageous for the subsequent penetration to a dense mesh walk of Fiji NUPs located within the central channel. Nuclear input of the pre-integration complexes was suggested to be promoted by consecutive binding of NUP153 and CPSF6 to the capsid lattice. The capsid is exposed to these factors only once it penetrates deep beyond the central channel and reaches into the nuclear basket region of the nuclear pore complex. Our data strongly suggests that capsid remains intact until this stage, 
Interestingly, the Pentamas feature an open pocket for NUP153 and CPFS6 binding and scoring the bindings of these factors during the late stages of nuclear input may be linked to the disruption of the lattice. Taken together, this study uncovered the structure status of the HIV-1 capsid, while it exploits the host cell transport mechanisms and protects the viral genome against detection by innate immune sensors of the cell. Our findings shift the paradigm of capsid uncoating from a total disassembly of capsid proteins from the viral genome before or during translocation through the nuclear pore complex to partial opening of capsids with release of viral genome occurring upon nuclear entry. This is enabled by dilated conformation of transporting nuclear pore complexes that is observed under the relevant conditions in cellular. Thank you for listening. Please do follow me on Twitter, Pub Breathing, for more articles.